Katy Perry has a ton of followers on Twitter, but I haven't checked the latest numbers. In fact, I, I use social media for work more than anything, and so I really don't follow a lot of the cool kids. But it astounds me that going back to April, just April, Ronaldo has had an extra 15 million people follow him on Instagram. I'm not even on Instagram. That tells you how not cool I am. Uh, But I do have friends who love Insta. The friend that I spent the weekend with on the Jersey Shore, she is all about Insta. I'm telling you, that woman, she scrolls on Insta more than she watches TV. I don't even think she watches TV. She gets all of her entertainment from Instagram. Now, there is some pretty entertaining stuff on Instagram, but, yeah, she just sits there and scrolls for, for like, good 30 minutes. She'll sit there and scroll on Insta and just look at everything that's recommended to her. It's very easy to do, Now is it? Say. Do you get lost on Insta more than you get lost on TikTok? I don't go on TikTok, actually. That's not, like, I don't have anything against it. I just personally haven't never really used it. But it's pretty similar. I think Instagram gets their videos from TikTok now. So, like, I'm on Instagram, and you get all the sent to the suggested videos. And I feel like sometimes I see in the corner, like, a little TikTok logo or from TikTok. So they just kind of pillage them over. I thought you were over. a YouTube guy. You're- oh, yeah, that's the most. But sometimes, you know, if, like, you just you have a quick second, you pull out your phone Instagram, they just there's just endless. It just doesn't end. You can just sit there, and next thing you know, it's 25 minutes later. So it's not a quick second, then, is what you're saying. Well, they are, because they're such quick videos. Yeah, but you don't spend a quick second on it. Before you know it, it's been a whole right. lot of seconds. That's what I'm saying, how it's, like, deceiving. And it's like, oh, my gosh, I've been here for 25 minutes, and I'm still on Instagram. <laughs> okay. That is not a good sales pitch. I'm actually kind of glad I don't have it because I can't imagine. Yeah, I can't imagine just 25 minutes later. Holy crap. No. It's I, too easy. I'd rather read a book. Just keep I would, it that way. I would recommend you reading a book. I have books. What are you reading right now? Uh, it's a book from a producer of a radio show, actually. Is it really? It is, yeah. Who? It's the Howard Stern Show's producer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it good? It's pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's it's about his life and like how he got to the point. It's cool. Yeah. Are you learning about I being a producer? A little bit. A little bit. Cool. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence and Producer Jay here on CBS Sports Radio. We're live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. When you need cash out of your home and a simple way to get it, Rocket can. I will not be here on Thursday night. Uh, too bad. So sad. I know you're going to cry. Don't cry, please. It's it's not that big of a deal. And no, I'm not getting fired as far as you know. Uh, but we will have football this weekend. So, of course, uh, we got to set it up. We I won't be here for our after hours game of the week poll. I don't know if Jay will do it on his own, um, but I won't be here for it. So we're going to talk about week 11, week 11 now through the eyes of our QBs. Hurry back to throw. And it is. Is it lost? Oh, my goodness. It's lost. Back from under center, steps back, throws the fade. Cooper Cup got it! Touchdown LA! Burrow back to throw, looking, firing deep for Chase in the end zone. He's got it! Touchdown! Joe Burrow and the Bengals! Mahomes fires for the end zone, caught! Touchdown! Kansas City! And off to Heckler again. No, Herbert keeps it, end zone, touchdown! Chargers! Herbert with his second of the day. Here's the snap. Josh going to keep it himself and run it again inside the five into the end zone. Touchdown, Buffalo. Josh Allen, nine-yard touchdown run. The Bills respond and then some. It's time for QB News on After Hours. All right, we split this up always on Wednesday nights into Thursday mornings. NFC, AFC, because the quarterbacks generally speak, and we get news about the quarterbacks generally on Wednesdays. 
which is why we can't do it all in one segment. It would be the a mammoth monster segment, and we would get in trouble. Well, that would be assuming anyone actually listens who's in management. But if management was listening, we would get in trouble if we did not take our typical commercial break. The only time we do that, blow through the commercial break, is when Boomer and just walks in. And then it's like, what are you going to do? Hey, Boomer, we have to get to a break. Do you mind? I was all about the beefcake, boys. I wasn't about the acting. Yes, all about the beefcake, especially when he just walks right into the studio. (laughs) I actually never heard that side of Boomer Esiason before he was a guest on the Monday Night Mannings. And that's not the kind of QB news we're talking about. No, no, no. Let's dive in with the NFC and... Welcome back, Baker Mayfield. Now hello. the starter again. Hello. Now the starter again for the Carolina Panthers because PJ Walker is dealing with an injury, and so Baker's back. I expect to win. Um, I expect to go out there and, and do everything I possibly can to put us in a position to win and, and do it at a very, very high level. Um, I don't. I don't think there's much to it. That's that's what I expect out of myself. That's what I expect out of our group too. I got to tell you, somewhere along the line, I started cheering for Baker to just run the table. I guess that means I'm cheering for the Panthers, too. I don't know. I, I want Baker to to just hit the ball out of the park. I-, I guess because of how he got treated, somehow I became sympathetic toward Baker Mayfield. Yeah, come back. <laughs> oh, ew. And then you play that piece of audio and it makes my skin crawl and then I don't want to cheer for him. I feel like his... I'm not going to fall for that trap. Yeah, right. I feel like his ego has has been knocked down a peg. He's definitely taken a hit. Uh, a few of them, actually. And so I, I'm rooting for him to come back from this adversity and to be a starter. And he says that he did wonder through the course of the last few weeks and couple months if he'd have another chance to start for the Carolina Panthers. Now, what we heard uh, from Steve Wilkes is that both Baker and Sam Darnold are healthy now. And so it's Baker one, it's Sam Darnold two. PJ, he started for a few games. He had the vote of confidence from Steve Wilkes, but he got hurt. So this is now Baker's team. And (laughs) he's focused on the future, not the present. So give him, cut him some slack. Don't need to ask him about his contract and his future every second it's pretty important to win considering we're still in the division race right now so i mean that's that's where i'm at i'm not worried about everything else it'll take care of itself as long as i do my job and, and see where it goes okay but there's one more thing we have to know why why did you headbutt your teammates your offensive linemen as they were coming off the field last week and This was Thursday Night Football, national TV, well, national internet, and you were not wearing a helmet. They look surprised. Why why were you headbutting your teammates so awkwardly? I've always done that. It just so happened to get caught on camera. I've done that since college. I I love this game. I I love my teammates. We we work too hard not to enjoy it. Um, Yeah, a good headbutt every once in a while goes a long way. (laughs) Okay. Producer Jay, I just want to make sure it's not only my opinion here. Did his teammates look as though they were enjoying it? Not even in the slightest. (laughs) They thought he was out of his mind. And Jay's a guy. So at least my girlfriends, we don't headbutt. I don't know if more guys headbutt. I didn't play football. I didn't wear a helmet. I don't headbutt. So that's not really my thing. I'm a girl. I don't call people by their last names. None of that. (laughs) I would stay far away from that guy if he was on my team. (laughs) 
How's that? Okay, thank you. So you've got Carolina with Baker Mayfield, his first start since week five. And the Panthers are, of course, right there in the mix, which is crazy. But that is, in fact, the NFC South, where we will get Another quarterback change. Carolina, by the way, is on the road at Baltimore. We'll hear from Lamar Jackson a little bit later on. As for the New Orleans Saints, uh, they already flipped from Jameis Winston to Andy Dalton when Jameis was hurt. Then they decided that they were going to bench Andy Dalton. That was the chatter. Now there's been an about face, and instead, Dalton will remain the starter. There's been a lot of conversation between him, Jameis, and Dennis Allen this week. For us, it's conversations that are that are had, and um, you just move forward from it. I think that's uh, at the end of the day, we uh, we want to win, and that's all that matters. And we're trying to do everything that we can to do that. Right, that's the deal. Uh, in the NFC South, even though the Buccaneers are now at 500, coming off their back-to-back wins, now they have a bye this week, so they will not play. But everybody's still so bunched together. So yes. It's another opportunity for the New Orleans Saints to get off the mat here. They're hosting the Rams, who are in a very bad way. We think Matthew Stafford will be cleared from concussion protocol. That's been the report coming out of Los Angeles from Sean McVay. But, but, there's a big but. Uh, there's no Cooper Cup, and they're they're missing not only their top weapon, but other guys as well. It's just, it's been a disaster there. So maybe there's an opportunity for the New Orleans Saints. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Moving into the realm of the AFs or the NFC West, because I just mentioned the Rams. We we know that Kyler Murray missed last week's game. Well, they desperately need him back. As much as Colt McCoy played steady Eddie, and it was wonderful to see him back on the field, and his teammates responded against San Francisco in the desert. The Cardinals need their top QB. So what about Kyler Murray dealing with a hamstring injury? When is he coming back? Tweaked it like you know the week before, um, played through it, you know. Uh, but once it once it kind of happened the next week, you just I mean I, I kind of knew probably best uh, for me to you know let it rest. And um, I mean once it happens, it's unfortunate. But like I said, happens part of the game. You know we all go through it. Never wanted to be yourself, but um, try to get back as quick as possible. I feel good. You know I, I don't know percentage or anything like that, but. Um, Definitely, you know, I I feel a lot better. He feels better, but there is no timetable for his return. I'm just saying is all. They could really use him back on the field in the desert when the Niners come to town because right now the Niners are playing some fantastic football. The NFC West is strange. The Seahawks took a step back this past weekend after their game in, well, Germany against Tampa. So they've only got a game lead on the San Francisco 49ers. Both those teams are now above 500, so things are looking up a little bit in the NFC West. But you can tell the Niners are feeling it. They believe they've settled into a groove now, and they've got everything they want ahead of them with this huge matchup, Monday Night Football against the Arizona Cardinals. As long as I can keep surviving press conferences. That's it. Uh, did you guys see the video or see the story, the headlines, maybe it was clickbait for you, about how Jimmy Garoppolo went to a game, I think it was Sacramento. He went to a game in Sacramento. He's courtside at a basketball game. No, I'm sorry, it was the Warriors. It was the Warriors' last home game. He was courtside. And the Warriors cheerleaders, according to the story, I didn't see it, were fawning all over him. They were, like, tripping over themselves to go meet him and to hang out with him. And Kyle Shanahan was asked about it at a press conference on Wednesday, and he said, I'm used to it. 
I see this all the time. <laughs> wow, nicely played. <laughs> so that's kind of funny. Yes, Jimmy Garoppolo is considered a bit photogenic, and I don't know if he's eligible. I don't always keep up with athletes' personal so. lives. You hope he's eligible? Well, just based on if he's going to go flirting with cheerleaders in public like that at a basketball game. No, it sounded like the cheerleaders were making themselves available. I don't think he was pushing a them A little away. bit like Jeremy. <laughs> how do you know? You better watch the video before you talk. J- Jeremy Pena got all kinds of signs. Marriage proposals, first date requests. Remember when he was in the, the Astros ticker tape parade yeah. because he's now Mr. Eligible? Yes. And what is he, 21, 22 years old? Something, something like, that. like that. Yeah. Talk about living high on the hog. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. Okay, so that's that has nothing to do with... It's not quarterback news. That was not QB news. That was just a little extra for you. Back to the QB news, actually. Washington head coach Ron Rivera had a decision to make. He has decided he will stick with what's working right now. But there's a catch for Taylor Heineke. Carson has been cleared to start throwing. Um, we haven't designated him for return yet to practice. He was working on the side. Uh, well, actually, he's working down on the field with the training staff today. But again, he wasn't designated uh, for return. So we will start Taylor this week. Taylor Heineke will start his fifth consecutive game. But will Carson Wentz serve as a backup? We'll see how it goes. Okay. You know, but again, the one thing is, you know, you want to get him, if that's going to be the case, you want him to get back and be the, the, the backup. He's got to get prepared and get ready for it. So as of right now, um, you know, we'll listen to what the trainers tell me tonight or tomorrow. It's obviously a tougher decision if the commanders continue to play well. They've won three of the four games since Taylor took over as a starter. As I say, this would be his fifth straight start. They've won four of five. They're right there in the mix, not just for the NFC in terms of wild cards, but man, they're only a game and a half-ish. Yeah, they've played 10 games. Back of the Dallas Cowboys in the NFC East, they could jump into third place depending on what happens with the Cowboys and the Vikings this weekend. So, With the nature of the NFC, they're right in the thick of things because there are only a couple of teams that are at 500 or better. And so with Taylor Heineke, you want to play the guy who's who's playing the best, but Carson Wentz was the one they traded for. So it's a little bit of a sticky situation, and and Ron Rivera has to navigate that. You got to be realistic. You got to watch. You got to see, and that's what we've been doing. We've been paying attention to it. Uh, we've been paying attention to not just an individual but as much as it affects a unit uh, and a team. And and so, you know, having this situation is, is a pretty good one. It, it's a um, good problem to have. I was just going to say that, and then I was waiting because I figured he might say that. Yes, Ron Rivera and I are on a similar wavelength. It is a good problem to have, I suppose, but you know the old cliche. If you have two quarterbacks or three quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. So, you know, I should know better. <laughs> Washington is on the road at Houston this weekend. So as I say, if Washington can take care of business against a an opponent that they should beat on paper, I mean, I think Washington's more talented. They can keep that high going. Taylor Heineke said that victory over Philadelphia on Monday night was the best game of his career, his, probably the highlight of his career. So if they can win that game and the Cowboys are not successful at the Vikings, 
Uh-oh, watch out. Dallas could very quickly end up in the basement of the NFC East, which is crazy to think about, but it's a tribute to how strong that division is right now. It's not the same in the NFC North, let's be fair. The Vikings are 8-1. and one. The Packers, who will kick off on Thursday night, potentially in the snow, they're in second place at 4-6. and six. And then you've got the Lions at 3-6. and six. And the Bears at three and seven. But we have seen a different side of Justin Fields the last couple weeks. Matt Eberflus continues to sing the praises of his young QB. When you're looking at different types of places to go, you know, you, you take spots for that reason. And the number one spot you look at is quarterback. And you study and look at that. And, and I love what I saw. And I'm, I'm loving what I'm seeing uh, even more. Uh, since I've been here for this amount of time. You know, the athleticism, the toughness, the grit, you know, the ability to make special plays, and uh, he's done that. Chicago Bears at the Atlanta Falcons this weekend. Uh, We talked about Minnesota and Green Bay and who they're playing. Well, the Lions... They're also uh, the winners of back-to-back games, and it's been a lot of fun uh, to see them get excited. And I just, I don't... Who says we can't get flexed? I feel badly when teams suffer through long losing skids because it wears on you, especially in the NFL where the game and the craft is so tough. So the Lions, the fourth team of that division, on the road at the New York Giants. And the Giants want to continue with this identity, this rock-solid identity that they have built, which is run the ball with Saquon Barkley, and last week it was a career-high 35 carries. They want to protect Daniel Jones behind the offensive line, so he's seeing less pressure. Sure, they'll do designed runs for him. They don't want him to throw the ball a ton. They want him to take care of the football, but they want to be a ball control game, a ball control team. They want to run first, want to play strong defense, and essentially do what the commanders did to the Eagles on Monday night, which is keep the ball away from their opponents. So, Daniel Jones says he couldn't care less what that means for his stat line. Score as many points as you can and, and win the game. So uh, that's where okay, we're all Eli. focused. That's where I'm focused. And, um, you know, I think we've done, we've won different ways this year. And depending on what the defense is doing, depending on how the game's going, we've uh, adjusted our style. He sounds exactly like Eli Manning. It is uncanny. What did Sean O'Hara call him? No, Eli's loud. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, not like that, Eli Manning. Not like Chad Powers either. Run fast, think fast. Uh, The New York Giants are second place in the NFC East. It's this weird conglomeration right now of the North and the East all clashing together. The Giants are 7-2. They've got the second best record in the NFC behind the Eagles and Vikings who are 8-1. Yeah, tell me you had that pegged two months ago when you were putting your predictions on paper for the upcoming season. Raise your hand if you had Eagles, Giants, Vikings as the top three teams in the NFC when we started this crazy journey. All right, a couple more because we've got Thursday night football at the home of an NFC team, Lambeau Field. Please give me some snow. Just give me a snowstorm at Lambeau. Green Bay Packers hosting the Tennessee Titans. They also have an identity. Derrick Henry, first, second, third down. Can the Packers maintain their momentum? What will they look like coming out of that big game against the Dallas Cowboys? In which, remember, they had to score two touchdowns in the fourth quarter just to force overtime. I don't know. I mean, sustainable is one of those words that gets said a little bit too much, I think, this year. So I'm going to stay away from the sustainable. Okay, so maybe it's not sustainable offense or you're not willing to say it's sustainable offense coming out of that fourth quarter, but what 
What about the Packers in terms of execution? Do you expect them to pick it up and to continue what they started against the Cowboys? Not necessarily, no. Um, oh, dear. I hope for a better performance for sure, but, uh, you know, I think it was the first time we've got Christian really through a game and got him some opportunities. And then we ran the football really well. I thought our offensive line played great. I thought the pass protection was really good. Um, and, you know, we stuck with the run the entire game. It was effective. Even the fourth quarter, we had a bunch of runs that actually set up some of the some of the game-winning uh, plays for us in the passing game. I mean, is the man never happy? Not necessarily, no. <laughs> oh, Lordy. I've given up on Aaron Rodgers. I've just, I've, whatever. As long as we're talking about football. Most of the time, I can't even follow what he's talking about. Box breathing. All right. I don't know what yoga exercise requires me to do box breathing. I do know that my yoga instructor has all kinds of funky names, uh, Eastern names for our type of breathing. I just do what she tells me to do. Sometimes, though, whew, I can't I can't follow her patterns. Also, the box breathing, maybe that's the one that helped me to fall asleep on my mat while she was doing her meditation on Tuesday. <laughs> Pretty brisk. Pretty nice. Oh, my gosh. I don't know what happened. We At the end of her Tuesday class, she does this yoga nidra, which is about sleep. And it's supposed to be about meditation. And, and even though you're not, I wasn't going to, well, I wasn't planning on sleeping. It's supposed to help you just relax and, yes, do some breathing and kind of just fade into a little bit of semi-consciousness. Except all of a sudden, I, I hear her telling us it's time to sit up. It's time to wiggle the fingers and toes and bring your your breath back or whatever she says. Various ways of breathing. And I realized I had fallen asleep in the span of 10 minutes out. I don't even fall asleep that well when I'm actually trying to sleep. It was pretty crazy. All right, coming up, more about Ronaldo as a fruit. That's what he said. And and also, Jay and I discovered this strange phenomenon on Twitter, and we can't figure it out, so I think we need your help. Speaking of social media, a promise is a promise, even if I'm delayed in keeping my promise. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Wherever you are, day, night, I don't care if it's dark or light, we're going to have fun tonight. In 1984, a Grandmaster Flash came out with a song called White Line. It's a really good song. That would fit you. What's it about? Okay. I think I prepped a little differently than uh, you have. I went to the liquor store and bought two bottles of wine. I don't think the boss is going to allow us to have those in studio. First thing I got to apologize to you for the deal about uh, Sturgis. Bobby uh, with the Harley, who threatened to kidnap me on the air. Yes, got it. What's kidding, Bob? Couldn't think anything finer than you sitting on top of that bike. Though. Okay, anyway. let's not go back down that path again. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Happy Thursday morning to you if you are waking up or maybe you're already in the midst of your Thursday morning. I do not know how you do it. It's After Hours here on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, it's been it's been one of those weird couple of weeks on Twitter in case you hadn't noticed. We actually have seen not only 
lots of people either quit their accounts or get bounced from Twitter because they're not real. But in addition to that, have you guys seen the the strange label that is popping up now on Twitter? I don't understand what it means. And it's not for everyone. There are still blue check marks. But the report that was circulating is that Elon Musk in taking over Twitter was going to require those with blue check marks to pay monthly for their accounts. No one's come to me and asked. We have two blue check mark accounts, both my Twitter, A Law Radio, as well as our show Twitter, and, and no one has said anything. And I, there's absolutely no way that our company would be paying for that. They would not be fitting the bill. And I don't really care. If you, I mean, if you don't know by now that I'm the real Amy Lawrence, well, then, oh, well. But something that's happening that I'm seeing now, but it's not with every account. For instance, there are plenty of accounts out there that still have blue check marks that do not have the quote unquote official label. Official. And I don't know where it's coming from or how. So if you have any insight, for instance, MLB Network, underneath it, it still has the blue check mark over to its right. But then it has another check in a circle. It's not blue. But next to that, the label official. But it's not on every account that's official. I know for certain some of these accounts are official and they're not labeled as official. (laughs) So is this, for instance, our CBS Sports Radio account is not labeled as official. Is this some type of process that Elon Musk and his team are going through to verify every single account and then they're asking if you're going to pay for the blue check mark and if you do they give you the official stamp we don't know so if anybody else has any insight into why the official is coming up the nba twitter account is official the golden state warriors twitter account is official let's see i'm trying to come up with a big one that's not official that you would think it would be uh fox news not official uh let's see Trying to come up with another one that's not official. That would be one that you would certainly... Well, CBS Sports Radio, to be sure. Um, There's just a bunch of them that you would think, if anybody's official, they would be official. (laughs) And yet, they're not. So, I I don't know. I don't know who's picking and choosing who is official. I I also just don't understand... So if you pay the $8 a month for the blue check mark. Sports Illustrated's official. <laughs> but wh- how do you get that next official tag? Wait, because- we got to figure out if Ronaldo's official. Are you ready? I'm sure. But I've, I'm just seeing here that we've already, since this blue check mark thing has come out, there's been fraud accounts of PepsiCo, Nintendo, Joe Biden, LeBron James. And these are just people who have blue check marks because they paid the money for this new Twitter blue. But so, so how do you get the official tag? And if, you, if you're going to introduce the official tag, then what's the point of paying the $8 for the check mark? If you're still not good, people are going to not know it's you because it's got the official. Cristiano Ronaldo, who just goes by Cristiano on Twitter, is not official. And he's got millions of followers. 104.8 million followers on Twitter. He follows 62. So he's a little more selective. He follows 62 people? Yeah, in who he follows. A little more selective. Quite the ratio. Yes. So anyway... Uh, if Cristiano is not official, then I don't think I need to worry about it. But he doesn't op- He doesn't use Twitter as his number one go-to. We know that he has 455 million users on Instagram or followers on Instagram, and that's up from 440 just about seven months ago. And so we, we had to cut this off because we were running up against the top of the hour. But he did an interview with Piers Morgan on his YouTube channel and Piers asked him 
about his followers and about his Insta and the, the, the amount of people that flock to his account. You're nearly at half a billion followers on Instagram. I mean, that's insane. <laughs> You're bigger than all the Kardashians put together. It's good. It's good. I feel proud for that. It means, it means a lot for me because it means that people like me too. I'm charismatic, I think. Why I'm the number one? Sometimes I ask, ask that question to myself. Why me and not another one? <laughs> Why do you think it is? To be honest, I, not just only because I, I play good football, because everyone knows, but I think the rest is, is relevant. You have to be charismatic. People have to, to feel some connection with you. I think to be good looking helps too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have the same problem. Yeah, I feel the same way. To be honest, Chris, I don't know the real reason, but I think I'm charismatic and I'm, I'm, I'm a petitive fruit. I don't know if we... A what? A fruit that yeah. people want to bite. Yeah. I don't know the, the, how, how you can okay. say in English. Any particular fruit or...? Let's like say nice peach. strawberry. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! But I don't know the the reason. I mean, what's incredible to me is the the power you have. Appetite, to, to, appetite, appetite, appetite fruit, appetite fruit. I don't know if it makes sense in English, but if you if it don't make sense, you learn. I'll, I'll research appetite fruit. Yeah. <laughs> well, people definitely have an appetite for Ronaldo. But the fact, could you imagine just for a second, Jay, if Tom Brady did a similar interview where he talked about how good looking he is, where he talked about how he's asked himself, why am I number one? Why me? Where he's talked about how he's good at football, obviously. <laughs> could you he couldn't do it. It couldn't, it wouldn't, it couldn't happen. <laughs> couldn't, and he called himself an appetite fruit. Yeah, I don't think that would go over to Oh well. my gosh. So when just if you could like grab that middle part again, just envision for a second or put Tom Brady's voice. Let's pretend this is the Let's Go podcast with Jim Gray. And he's asked about his followers. And he starts with, well, I've asked myself that very question. Why am I number one? I think to be good looking helps too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have the same problem. Yeah, I feel Gosh. the same way. To be honest, Chris, I don't know the real reason. But I think I'm charismatic. And I'm... You get crushed. I'm, I'm a petitive fruit. I don't know if we... A what? Okay, well, Tom Brady's not going to say he's a fruit. But my favorite part is, well, I'm good at football, obviously. He says that too. <laughs> I'm good at football, obviously. <laughs> so that could be Tom Brady. We could, <laughs> we could use that and pretend like it was Tom Just Brady. Just only because I, I play good football. Obviously. <laughs> anyway, that's hysterical. Uh, by the way, he's also making waves because he says his team, his club, Manchester U or Man U, Manchester United, is not treating him well to the point where he nearly made a jump to Man City, which would have been shocking to jump to his arch rival. They're trying to force you out. Yes, not only the coach, but the other two or three guys there around the club. At uh, the senior executive level. Yes, that I felt betrayed. And uh, you think they're trying to get rid of you? Honestly, I shouldn't say that. I don't know. But listen, I, I don't care. I'm always, people should listen to the truth. Yes, I feel betrayed. And I felt that some people that don't want me here, not only this year, but last year too. So he has done this explosive interview with Piers Morgan, and you can find that on their YouTube channel. And he's actually missing, uh, t it's, well, it's tonight, 
not our time, but he's he's missing Thursday's warm-up against Nigeria uh, because he has a stomach bug, wasn't practicing with Portugal on Wednesday, and so he's not feeling well, maybe, or maybe he's just taking a couple of days out of the spotlight since this interview has has been replayed and broken down and discussed and analyzed all over the place. Um, he actually went on to say that he, for me, this is for me and you, that he has no respect for his coach. And so he believes they're forcing him out. He believes that he's betrayed. And just as he drops all of those nuggets, he jumps to the national team on Monday to get ready for the World Cup, which will be his fifth. It's yeah, it's it's explosive. If you care about that world, if you care about Premier League, if you care about Ronaldo, which clearly have a billion people do, if you care that he's charismatic and good at football and good looking, Don says you learn. I ask myself that question sometimes. Why am I number one? Why me? <laughs> I need Tom Brady to voice that over. Could you imagine the waves? Or Aaron Rodgers, which I actually could see him answering the question that way. But any any American athlete, that could be a Peyton Manning bit. Like, that's how ridiculous it is for an American athlete to speak those things. It's it, amazing. They would just get instantly, oh, instantly roasted, beasted, lit up, on, lit on fire. Oh, my gosh. Torched. I'm trying to come up with other, like, an amazing words that would really, I mean... He can get away with it because he's, well, because, you know, he's Ronaldo and he's charismatic and he's good at football and he's good looking, but he is definitely a diva. He is so diva. I mean, he just called himself good looking and that's why people like him. Okay. Just, you know, that truth is always the best defense, right? There's no way anyone on the planet looks at Ronaldo and says, nah, that man's ugly. Oh, he's a very attractive man. Okay, well, that's what I'm saying. So, it's of, just of course, that, don't get me it's wrong. It's just that in our culture, we don't speak that. You don't say, <laughs> right. well, I mean, some guys do, but you don't say how amazingly attractive I am. Like, it's considered a turnoff. Even if it's humble brag, right? You don't say it. You don't come out and say it. Ronaldo's like, well, because I'm good looking. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. Obviously, I'm good at football. <laughs> I'm just saying, could you imagine Tom Brady spewing those same words? You need to come up with a montage of all those great cuts, and we're just going to listen to it back and pretend like it's Brady. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It's After Hours on CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. There'll be games like the last couple where we shoot the ball, um, you know, 30-plus. I'm sure there'll be games where we don't. Um, but as long as our, uh, you know, the intentions are getting into the paint, kick out, now we may drive again, but the first domino is when we get to the paint, teams are collapsing, and we want guys in the right spot so we can hit them. If they're open, shoot the ball. If not, just make the next play. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Willie Green of the New Orleans Pelicans. And this was a big game for them. A victory over the Memphis Grizzlies. And actually, they were powered by the first career double-double for Trey Murphy. He had... Oh, I'm sorry. Let me go back. I just got that wrong. The Pelicans played the Grizzlies on Tuesday night. I got my nights mixed up. Sorry about that. New Orleans played Chicago last night. 
So forgive me. The days and the games and the matchups blend together. Uh, so, yes, they got the victory over the Grizzlies. It was a big victory for them, for the Pelicans. And then hosting Chicago last night, scored even more points. Uh, and Trey Murphy had his first career double-double with 19 points and 10 rebounds. Uh, and so this is a team that I think is building off where they finished last season. Um, they, they are kind of right there in the middle. Um, it, it's strange and, and odd first month of the NBA season. And we actually talked about that with Jonathan Von Tobel of Visa Network when he joined us from Las Vegas in the second hour. So midnight Pacific time. But yeah, you've got the Pelicans sitting at nine and six. Same number of losses as five other teams in the West and the same record as the Memphis Grizzlies now, just a half game better than the Dallas Mavericks, a half game behind the Utah Jazz. So bunch of teams are all bunched together. That's how it is in the West in this first month of the season. But even more important than what Trey Murphy did on the court is what he did in his press conference. He stopped his press conference and stopped the questions for a moment so that he could talk about what happened in Charlottesville, Virginia, going back to Sunday night. And if you don't know his story, he is a UVA alum. I would just like to say as well, I would like to, I also dedicated these last two games to uh, my friends at Virginia that were killed in those in the um, last last few days and um you know Lavelle Davis was a good friend of mine and you know it was really sad to see him go he was a special guy so you know please keep their families in your prayers appreciate that so just a quick word from him and obviously weighs heavy on him you can hear it he's speaking up in a show of solidarity and empathy support for Virginia the rest of the ACC is going to uh, take several steps in the wake of the shooting of these three Cavaliers football players. They've got special helmet decals. They're going to do moments of silence at all the ACC home games this weekend. Uh, And they're also adding this UVA strong graphic that they've had produced in their league office to some of the signs that they have on the field. They'll use it on video boards and with various uh, social media and digital accounts as well. And you hear Trey mention Lavelle, who was a good friend of his, Lavelle Davis, Devin Chandler, Deshaun Perry. Those were the three players who were shot and killed on a charter bus on Sunday night as they got back from a class trip. And the the suspected shooter is in custody. Um, He doesn't have bail. He had his first court hearing on Wednesday. But Christopher Darnell Jones does face multiple counts of second-degree murder. And all of those things, the details, the whys, at some point, we may understand more about his motivation and there may be more accounts from people who are on the bus. I was reading you some of the stories um, that we got from the one particular guy who spoke to uh, the Washington post and then did an interview with a TV station. So there may be more accounts of people who were there and more people who will speak out, but ultimately that doesn't bring these three young men back. And as I mentioned earlier in the week, it's the ripple effects all over the sports world, not just for this football team or this campus in Charlottesville. It's also for other ACC football teams. It's also for teams where some of these guys transferred from. So Wisconsin, uh, you've got guys who transferred out. So the transfer portal is so active in the last few years and 
players are moving all over the place. You may have roommates or members of the athletic dorm who are affected by it too. And then you have coaches um, who in a relatively small fraternity either work with Tony Elliott or uh, may know him just because of their career paths. He was with Dabo Swinney and Clemson. Just all of these tendrils that snake around college football and college athletics. And then, of course, those who are in the NBA who either, in Trey's case, played at UVA or are familiar um, with different guys who were there. It's just, yeah, it's hard. And it impacts people so heavily. Yes, when we don't understand, but just the finality of it. And the reminder yet again that life is precious and it is fleeting and it's not to be taken for granted. It really isn't. So the the University of Virginia has canceled the rest of, uh, well, they have a home finale. So they've canceled their home finale. Uh, they've decided not to play that. Uh, that was against Coastal Carolina. They're going to hold a memorial service instead um, against the three or for the three football players. Let me just correct that. They've they've canceled this weekend's home game. I've heard various reports about their season finale. Uh, I guess Virginia hasn't officially decided yet, but at this point, there have been reports that they're going to cancel that as well. So we'll have to wait and see. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio.